Anyway, <laughs> he said Bogard meat riding incoming. Yo, respect my guess, bro. Why y'all wilding like that? That's um, what this whole chapter was about. Like, yo, it was crazy. It was crazy. All right, guys. So, um, I couldn't get in touch with Doran. Uh, Doran is going to eventually come through, I think. But I just want to say, uh, first off, we have Xavier Wolf fan, aka Max, in the building. He happens to be on TikTok currently. Uh, he's like one of the first guys that uh, I ended up following when we first started our channel. And the guy has been such a killer. Everybody loves his videos because he gives these like deep analysis points of views on like certain characters, especially Bogart, which he's been infamously known for now. He sits at 61.4K followers. Uh, and he also has a YouTube, which I discovered and I'm going to put into the video description below after the video is done. So for everybody out there, Max, please introduce yourself what's up i appreciate all the hype uh you don't have to subscribe to my youtube like i barely use that but like yeah i appreciate that nah thank you thank you man uh i just want to say thank you for joining bro um you know i had a couple guests that i was thinking about and for some reason you and doran's world came up and i was just like man i don't want to talk to the same people again i want to talk to somebody that like knows one piece but i feel like like the TikTok community is so like full of you and not enough people on like the YouTube or like even Spotify get to hear your voice except like if they watch your videos or like it shows up on their for you pages. So um, I just want to say thank you, bro. Oh, uh, no, it's, it's no problem. I love to join anytime. Yeah. So Doran's world most likely will be here after and then we'll chop it up with him. But for now, um, let's get into this chapter, man. Did you read it? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I saw you gave it like a 6 out of 10, but I thought it was... You thought it was what? I thought it was like an 8 maybe for me. The push to talk thing is like hard. Oh, you could turn it off. Oh, wait, how do I do that? Fuck. Uh, let me, let me check real quick. I forgot. How to turn push talk off on mobile. Wait, I think I got it now. Yeah, yeah, open the, you got it? I got I, it. Bet, 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 bet. Yeah, so what did what did you think about the chapter? What did you rate it? I thought it was like an 8 out of 10. I love the reveal, bro. thought that was hype as fuck. Yeah? The reveal was kind of crazy, right? I did not expect her to be a girl. Well, I feel like there's definitely something there. Like, uh -huh. it wouldn't make sense for her to be a girl. But, um, yeah. yeah, that was great. Yeah, I agree. I mean, well, how much do you know about, like, the hints about Vegapunk and, like, who he was? And, like, what's your opinion on Vegapunk? Like, who do you think he is or she is? Well, like, I agree with you how you were saying, like, he's a neutral party. I feel like that makes the most sense, like, because he hasn't really been portrayed as a villain uh -huh. or really, like, a good guy either because he's affiliated with the world government. Uh -huh. So... Yeah, that's true. Do you think like, um, what do you think about the number two on the bosom? What it, what does that speak to you? That's gotta mean something. Like Oda wouldn't throw that in for no reason. Like that's gotta mean something, bro. Yeah, right. Maybe like the transfer of consciousness. That's what most people are saying. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
because I was going over with the chat and I know you were in earlier, but you know, it was said that uh Vegapunk on Katakuri Island that when Frankie was visiting, he talked to that really old guy and the old guy kept calling him like him and uh, he will come back and he was crying because he couldn't heat up the island and stuff. So do you think ultimately Vegapunk had a sex change from like somebody like Ivankov or do you think that he's probably transferring his consciousness into this female? I don't know. It's definitely interesting because like every time he's been talked about, he's been like stated to be a dude. Like even Caesar, I want to say, called him a dude. So like, I don't know. Oh, Doran just popped in. Yeah, he's on mute. Doran, you here? We'll wait, we'll wait for him to get unmuted. But um, yeah, finish your thoughts, bro. Um... Oh, yeah. Also, like, the fact that Bonnie is in the chapter. I saw Mosh talking about this. That could mean something. Like, maybe he's using, like, Bonnie's power or something to, like, alter his appearance. That's true. He could probably make make her younger. Or right, so you're saying that he probably trapped her in the warm eddy? Uh, well, she was running from that shark thing. So, like, that was Mosh's idea. So, I don't know. That's, that's like, not my theory. Hmm. Okay. But do you think like Vegapunk's a man or a woman? I think he's definitely a man from what we've heard from him. Yeah. Yo, Doran, you're there? Yeah, I'm there. I'm just plugging in my mic. Oh, okay, okay. Let me know uh, when you're ready, bro. So, it I, I, I mean, it depends. I mean, how old do you think? Vegapunk is that's the question because when that old man said he saw him as a kid I would think that Vegapunk is probably around 60 or maybe even 50. I don't think and he's then the, old The like comment under the panel too said he was like talking in like an old-timer way too, like the female version Really? Yeah, it has like a little thing, like a comment under it that says like, this is supposed to be read in like an old timer type of way or something like that. So you think that Vegapunk probably is older than he should be? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's definitely older than that girl for sure. Yeah, no, like what I, so there's a couple of theories I have when it comes to it. One uh -huh. of them is it's like Vega, like a, either uh, Vegapunk transitioned his soul into a different body. Either it's a clone, uh, but there's some people saying that it's his daughter, but I don't think that's the case just because of the way he was speaking. Mm -hmm. So I'm inclined yeah, he to literally said, I am Vegapunk. Like, no way that's his daughter. Yeah. I think he figured out immortality. I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. That's dope. Yeah. All right. So before we continue going, uh, I just want to welcome Doran's world uh, to the, you know, the group discussion. Um, he's amassed so much subscribers on his youtube that's currently popping off if you guys haven't seen his youtube yet it's doran's world and he actually surpassed 100k on tiktok uh he's be he, you became kind of a big deal bro so congratulations on the success that you've had and welcome and thank you for joining us bro i appreciate it look i'm look i'm still i'm still same old same old i don't see myself any different but uh you know i really do appreciate the kind words and whatnot, and I'm glad to be here. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ben. So yeah, guys, this is going to be sort of like a uh, podcast type of thing. It's going to be sort of different from the usual TikTok uh, thing that you guys do. So uh, like, I'm going to ask you one question, have you guys fully answer it, and then we'll, you know, go to the next one to answer, you know, for you to explain what you think as well. So that's how it's just going to be for the time being. But thank you again, both of you for coming on. Um, so yeah, so like the huge reveal of this chapter is just Vegapunk, right? Um, what do you think necessarily about him changing animals into robots that are like slaves? And we'll start with uh, Max first. Honestly, on my first read, I didn't even catch that until I like read the part where he's like, oh, we got to like, I have to learn to get rid of these like primal instincts. So that's kind of like screwed up that he's like, you know, kind of torturing animals into doing his bidding. But uh -huh. um, yeah, I don't know what Oda's going to do with that. It's weird. All right. What about you, uh, Doran? What do you think, bro? Well, at this point in time, I think Vegapunk has kind of abandoned his humanity for the sake of science. This is a, this is something I've seen in, you know, many different manga and whatnot. It's a pretty common theme. You know, once you go past a certain threshold, uh, you kind of abandon like uh, a moral standpoint and an ethical standpoint for the sake of your objective. So the fact that he's doing this with animals is not something I'm surprised about. I'm sure he's done stuff that's worse and mm. he'll probably continue to do things that are worse or she will continue to do things that are worse. Yeah. So you saying things like that, right? Where like scientists necessarily dive into like this godly like perspective on the world. And it's because of science, because science allows them to express their creativity, no matter what the moral code is. Um, do you think they have a moral code? Do you think like Vegapunk cares about good or evil or he is good or, good or evil? Uh, we'll go with Doran. I think he's more stuck in his mad scientist ways. That's my expectation at least. I mean, you know, he, he was in the, he was in like the mad scientist group with, with Caesar and Judge and Queen. And let's be honest, none of them are really stand-up guys. So I wouldn't be surprised if Vegapunk's also in the moral gray. You know, there's a consistent theme in One Piece with extremism where everybody's on on an extreme. And I, I think Vegapunk is, you know, in that realm as well. Okay. What about you, uh, Max? What do you think? You think he's good or evil? I mean, it's hard to say with, like, the whole shark thing. But, uh, like, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's definitely hard to say. Okay. So there has been evidence of him, like, obviously, um, during Frankie's uh, two-year period where he needed to get stronger, he visited the, the island that Vegapunk's homeland is, right? And the old man said a couple things that pointed to, like, Vegapunk having some type of moral code where, like, he would cry because he couldn't heat the island uh, because the, the, the people there would freeze um there was also that time with caesar where caesar was creating this mass genocide weapon and vegapunk didn't approve of it and now we have vegapunk now saying like he just kills people and ships with this shark to savage their 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 resources but also the pirates uh quote where he was like you pirates are so naive i wasn't trying to save you does that add any like thing more to where you think he is morally and we'll just say uh max you go 
Um, I'm not sure, like, well, like, the things you say, like, oh, he was, um, he didn't want to use, like, the poison gas, like, that Caesar was doing definitely makes you think that he's, uh, leaning more towards, like, the morally, like, good side of things, but, um, mm -hmm. it also, like, he's not nearly as arrogant as, like, the other people that he was in the organization of Mads with, like, he says he's, like, mediocre in terms of science, so, like, yeah, I don't, I would say, like, he's probably more so on the morally right. Yeah, he's, he does seem a little humble, too, which is weird, right? Yeah, it's definitely refreshing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Dorn? Does, does that, any of the things I said add to, like, you leaning to one side more than the other, or is it just science? You know, I, I, th I just think he's in a moral gray. I don't know if he's, he could be leaning more towards a better side than, you know, in, in retrospect to all the other scientists that we've seen thus far i don't think that really takes away that you know he's still a nuanced character who's done both good things and bad things i think a good example for instance is also with kuma kuma uh -huh. how he talked about vegapunk and you know in a way that you know shows that he's like this great scientist but i also i also think that you know vegapunk could have been developing as a character throughout this point in time and i still believe that there might have been a, a threshold where he denounced his humanity in a certain sense for science. Like that person he was on his home country could be a vastly different Vegapunk that we're getting right now. Yeah, no, that's 100% true. I mean, depending on how you want to interpret the pirate line, it do you think that maybe the reason why he might have changed morally is because something happened with him and pirates that was negative, Doran? I think so, because, you know, circumstances and experiences will change your outlook on life. Just like, I mean, for instance, we have a kind who's a borderline extremist authoritarian who probably had a really traumatic backstory with pirates that shaped his worldview. So probably Vegapunk has, you know, not as extreme, but a similar, uh, similar encounters, similar experiences where pirates have done him wrong and he holds, uh, bears some resentment and, and believes that uh if one pirate's bad then they're all bad yeah what about you matt uh max what do you think uh i would i don't really know like if he has any animosity towards like pirates per se but i feel like his affiliation with the world government has everything to do with like him just like getting the funds that he needs for his like science yeah i agree I, you know, I've, I've said it a couple of times on our show that I don't think he has any way leaning one way or the other. I just think he likes to create science. And, you know, like I, I mentioned it earlier when I was reviewing the chapter that, you know, Hope and Hopenheimer, whoever the guy that was created, that created the atomic bomb in real life. I'm pretty sure his goal wasn't to create an atomic bomb. He just created something that he just thought, yo, I can create it. So I'm just going to. And then it got used maliciously uh, by people that were of a higher status than him. And I think well, that- I, I see, you know, Frankie as the parallel to Vegapunk, like the mirror. Because, you know, when, when Frankie was growing up, he him and Tom, you know, he learned from Tom that it's not, you know, the weapons that are bad and, you know, were abusive, it's the people. So when you put, when you give, you know, a certain technology into somebody's hands, that's the one that's gonna, that's the thing that's gonna cause the power. So maybe even Vegapunk holds the same ideology 
and maybe we'll see something fleshed out in this arc because again vegapunk and frankie are two sides of the same coin damn i forgot all about that too with tom because that was yeah. so good I, I forgot all about that i'm like damn tom really said that <laughs> Well, it's it's actually funny because like I did a I did a video about this a little while ago on like Frankie and Vegapunk and how I I believe in some sense Fra Vegapunk could be the antithesis to Frankie and it's because uh, Vegapunk has kind of been inspired by uh, Doctor Frankenstein while Frankie is Frankenstein's monster. Mm. Yeah, what do you think about that, uh, Max? What did you think about what Doran said? I was just saying that's a great analogy. I feel like I've heard that from you before. I want to say like that goes hard. Yeah, that is crazy though. Um, so I guess the next question is to just piggyback off that. How important will Frankie's role be uh, in this upcoming, I guess, arc? What What do you think, Max? You think he'll have like uh, a major effect on this arc? Yeah, I feel like he's kind of been overdue for, I mean, I guess Water 7, you could say, was like Loki's arc, but in terms of like post-time skip, he hasn't really had like a, like a major focus, and this could definitely be his time to shine, especially with like all the Vegapunk stuff that he could be getting, you know? Yeah, I agree. What about you, Doran? Well, it's interesting because in terms of Frankie, the last time he really shined was in Dressrosa when he's there to destroy the factory. And again, I think it's kind of playing on that same idea that it's the people who are abusing these powers that make them inherently evil. Again, you see Momo, for instance, who ate a smile devil fruit, and he's using it to protect his country, while Kaido is using the smiles in order to, you know, dominate the world in a certain sense. So, um, yeah, I think that's it's like that kind of plot line from Water Seven has been embedded in Dressrosa in his in that circumstance and now we're going to see it in the greater picture uh in this arc and i hope it gets really it gets really fleshed out because uh like you guys said frankie is overdue for uh for some time yeah this is i, I feel like frankie's gonna have a lot to do with this arc especially since you just made that comparison with tom um that was beautiful uh somebody uh super chatted ten dollars uh, celestial dragon he said vegapunk works for buggy hashtag buggy gang um what you guys think about that i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> all right so i got i got a i got a theory so <laughs> i always thought vegapunk has some ties to the revolutionaries and the main reason is because the revolutionaries are dressed in steampunk attire so playing off vegapunk also the whole kuma thing could have like yeah 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 that could be true mm. i mean the revolutionaries theory has been quite uh around for some time right like just based off of what kuma did yeah so for the straw hats at archipelago so um let's dive into vegapunk's psyche just a little bit more because he's going to be the highlight of talk throughout the whole week until i guess the next chapter drops right um so my theory has been that since Dr. Vegapunk considered Momo's devil fruit a uh, perfect replication, but it was still a failure. And that's always been very curious to me. I never knew or understood why he would consider a perfect replica of a devil fruit a failure. 
And I kind of want to ask you guys, why do you think he thinks it's a failure, even though it's perfect to the T? Um, we'll start with Dorn. Oh, that's a good question. And this, this is one I actually don't have an answer for. I guess my only, the only thing I could really come up with is that maybe there's just one component that all the other smile double fruits had that this one was missing, or maybe it was too perfect that putting, giving it, putting it in the right, in the hands of somebody else would be too chaotic because having somebody like Kaido with the same devil fruit, you know, it, the balance of power gets skewed. So maybe he called it a failure because of that fact, because he didn't want people using it. Yeah. What about you, Max? What do you think? Well, that's also like a pretty hard question. Um, I saw someone say like, because it doesn't look like an actual devil fruit, like it doesn't have swirls. And that's why he called it a failure because it's not like a full like replication of the devil fruit. But I don't know. Wait, it didn't have swirls? Or it doesn't oh. have, I forget, it doesn't have like a uh, quality that all devil fruits have. The reason I ask you that question is because um, on our last episode, we were questioning how Seraphims are able to have the um, the attack moves of like Mihawk or the attack moves of like Boa and stuff like that. And, you know, I came to the assumption that maybe, just maybe, the reason why Vegapunk possibly thought that the Devil Fruit, as perfect as it was, was a failure was because he couldn't transfer or he didn't know how to transfer the will of the devil fruit as well that's what i was thinking too so you guys think right now that vegapunk has indeed found a way to transfer wills from people to people or devil fruits to devil fruits or even swords to swords what do you think max uh well, yeah, that could be like how he feeds devil fruits to objects. Like that could like literally be how he does it. He just like bends the will and like makes it so it goes into the object. So I don't know, but like, yeah, I feel like he definitely has figured that out by now. Damn, how scary is that, Doran? Um, it's terrifying. I mean, we see it fir- firsthand with the Seraphim, just how destructive they are, and you know the world government, you know they're they're really trying to put a nail in the coffin to all pirates so if vegapunk keeps advancing at the at the rate he is that could actually become a reality depending on what happens yeah it just sounds it sounds so wild just to be able to take somebody's will like because you know will is challenged like it's built upon like you know it's not something that usually somebody's given and if it even if they are given it you know it's during their times of adversity it's built to be stronger than ever so it makes me think like if mihawk's will was taken during like let's say the marine for dinner that all the shichibukai went through do you think that seraphim is only as strong as that current mihawk right then and there and if mihawk got stronger then that will doesn't transfer over like what do you guys think well i think as machines and just it might be too hard but Mm -hmm. So the thing is, is that it's it's really ironic because I did I did a video today and it's this whole theory video on and that actually dates back to a couple months ago. Somebody put up made a post that the next time we learn about Blackbeard, that's when we'll learn about Vegapunk. And the whole idea 
is that Blackbeard was a failed experiment that resulted from Rox's DNA and uh, that Vegapunk was experimenting with. And that's why he knows so much about, about Delfruit. So maybe that whole idea of inherited will, he was starting it all the way back then and it transitioned to this stage and this point in time. So therefore, maybe there is a possibility that somebody who is an experiment, somebody who was experimented on, has that capability to grow with their own willpower. What do you what do you think about what he said, Max? No, I agree. I feel like the seraphims that we were seeing in Amazon Lily could like become even stronger on their own because even with like that shark thing, it has a will of its own. So technically, if you apply that same logic to the seraphim, they could even like become stronger on their own, which is pretty insane. Yeah. So you think he transferred Euro's will too into the sword that that Seraphim was using? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe that would be insane. A Supreme grade swords will. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Like there could be like two endless because we, we recently got that info clarified, right? Wait, what? You remember, uh, Enmo got clarified that it has a will of its own. And like Zoro was oh, talking to it and stuff. Yeah. Like we could possibly have two enemas at this point if Vegapunk knows how to transfer wills. Yeah, theoretically. So so my I guess I have I have two questions, but I'm gonna piggyback off the, the last topic we had. Do you believe Vegapunk is the end game opponent? Or is it M or is it Blackbeard or is it a Kainu? And I'll have uh, Max. Uh I mean, it's like the classic answer, but probably like Blackbeard, I would assume. Yeah, Just right. Just because been portrayed to be like the final guy, but I could easily see it being Emu too. Same. Same. Yeah, because like again, we still know nothing about Emu, mm -hmm. and like uh, if even if if it's a guy or a girl, I'm leaning more towards that it's a girl. But Emu is still like engulfed in shadows. We've never seen his or her face yet, and so. I think Oda's building up to something like Naruto is trying to build up with Kaguya, except in this case, there's a lot more foreshadow. Yeah, it is. Kaguya was nowhere to be found, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People try to defend it, but nah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. I I've, I think that Vegapunk will probably be the end game. And I know that sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy because of everything that the world government stands for and what Luffy's trying to do and what Blackbeard currently is. I just feel like when you look at Vegapunk, he's the most dangerous person in the world. Like it doesn't come close unless he has like an ancient weapon, but I feel like he's almost close to building his own ancient weapon, right? Like he has to be like, if there's anybody that could build another ancient weapon, he probably build like a fourth one and combine all three of them. Right. You have to expect yeah. that. Either one could go. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely possible. Um, I mean, like, look, Vegapunk is 500 years in the future. My guy is literally just, you know, ye like light years ahead of everybody else. So to say that he isn't a threat would be incorrect. And that's probably the reason why the world government wanted him, you know, in like working with them because of how uh scary he is now with that being said this goes back to the whole idea does um does does vegapunk have an ethical backbone in his body 
And if he does, then, you know, he wouldn't pursue such extremes. But again, I'm leaning more towards that he's in the moral gray. He's in it for his own, you know, perverse version of what science means to him. And I think, I think it, you know, setting him up as the final villain isn't a bad idea. But just because he isn't the antithesis to Luffy, I don't know how, how, it, how it would work. I would probably put Shanks as a final villain or a final antagonist over uh, Vegapunk, in my opinion. What about you, Max? What do you think? Well, I feel like your ideas were definitely interesting as hell. Like the whole like combining the ancient weapons thing. But how do you uh, think that Vegapunk would be like the final villain? Like if you were assuming that he's like neutral, you know, like how how do you think that would work? Uh, so to me, I know this sounds very immoral, but to me, it's like, okay, so like, let's say like Vegapunk isn't a bad guy right? Like there's not an evil bone in his body at all. If the dude could just create ancient weapons at will and create multiple devil fruits of like Kazaru, where there's like three admirals that have the glint glint fruit now, and he's just able to replicate them and they're able to do awakenings. He's able to create a mass amount of weapons, even though he's a good guy. Don't you think we should take him out because of the possibility of him getting taken advantage of or him just turning on us. It's like that whole Superman argument, right? Like Superman's the most powerful hero of all time, but if he just suddenly snapped or like suddenly his power was misused, we probably want to take him out, right? Like even though he's a good person. But what would be the reason to do that if he's just chilling, like if he's a good person, you know? Maybe his inventions get used by somebody else. Like, because those things would never exist if he never created them. Same way, like... I guess... Yeah. No, no, I go. guess, like, what, what I'm thinking is, like, we won't really know until we know what Vegapunk's motivations are. I think that's the key to understanding if he will be an endgame villain versus, you know, what he, he will end up being in One Piece. Because, you know, motivation, that's going to drive the character forward. That's why, you know, I believe Blackbeard's more of an endgame villain because his motivation is to destroy the world. Or Eam is, is an endgame villain because his or her motivation is to preserve the world and this authoritarian regime. So if Vegapunk just wants to keep making science do endlessly for as long as he can, then I don't see him being, um, an, being the end of series villain unless somebody contests him for, for uh, his objective. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me so interested, man. Like, I can't say, like... It's such an interesting thought because I think that the best villains usually are the most relatable ones, but also the ones that you don't think are villains, you know, like some like they say, like the, the, the villain of their like the, the villain of the story is usually the hero of their story, you yeah. know, and it's like, you know, obviously Blackbeard has to be like an endgame villain because he is the antithesis to Luffy, but it's also like. That's very like generic at the same time. It's like we know he's expected to be that. But what if we had somebody that we could relate to and be like, oh, that's why he does those things. And it's like, I don't know, like when you have like a sympathetic character like Vegapunk, then maybe it's like that's a harder decision. Like if he's right or wrong, like if he's he's doing the right thing or not. But, um... uh, but because of that, I'd be leaning more towards Shanks because, because uh, you know, there's always the argument that Shanks bears some resentment for Roger. There's mm -hmm. like I, I've always speculated that that could be the case. We still really don't know anything about Shanks's background, 
but him being like a sympathetic antagonist and villain because of everything we do know about shanks i think that would fit that narrative more than it would for vegapunk i think i can see vegapunk being the final boss for frankie just because of what frankie stands for versus what vegapunk could stand for okay okay he was the villain of this arc i would love that yeah that'd be cool that would that'd be crazy all right so somebody pointed out uh his name is phantom Greyfire. he's like one of these uh great guys that's uh in like a lot of the popular youtube communities he said um who's worse hagbot hogback from thriller bark the renowned surgeon who made that girl he was obsessed with come back to life or vegapunk because if the chick that he's talking through is basically doing the same thing as hogback i don't i don't know if you guys noticed that and i i act and it's funny i actually thought about that too yeah what did you think yeah. like do you think that well, they have similarities right now for that yeah i actually thought like that was i thought that was actually a callback to uh thriller bark because that was that was actually what was going through my head i was like hey i've seen this before maybe maybe it's this and so is one of them worse i would say they're both in a very very unethical area um, <laughs> to say to say which one is which one is worse is yet to be acknowledged yet because you know hogback was a pretty crazy guy but he was uh if we if we find out that vegapunk has done stuff that's you know bordering on you know mass you know slaughter then then it's 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 segue for argument and honestly like I, i'm already inclined to believe that vegapunk is worse just because he's made these you know these weapons that like the pacifistas that have caused extreme destruction against pirates and whether you want to say that's in the name of justice uh at the end result is still the same you know people are dying yeah what about you max what do you think about that similarity between hogback and uh vegapunk if it is true well, no, I would have to agree with Doran. Like, they no, none of them really seem like worse than the other. But mm. at least we know for Vegapunk, like he's actually humble, whereas like Hogback was <laughs> not in the slightest. Yeah, that dude was definitely uh, a little uh, wild. <laughs> All right, so I know this is gonna be a surprising ass topic because Vegapunk is obviously the highlight. How do y'all feel about Tashiki still being a damn captain? After all this time. But she be higher than Kobe, bro. That just wouldn't make sense. <laughs> Yo, would it not? I feel like... Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Honestly, she she should have... She sh Like, she should be higher, but it's understandable why she isn't uh -huh. because she hasn't really done much since the new world started. Like, half of the new world for her has been transporting the kids to Vegapunk. Yeah. So know. like you know, Kobe's done. Kobe's been way more active. Kobe has you know he spearheaded or well, with with a law again with the, the Rocky Port incident. Mm -hmm. He went after Boa. He uh he fought with Blackbeard. Like Kobe's been Kobe's been very active, and he's been making it a mission that hey, I want to be an admiral someday. So if I want to be an admiral, I gotta step up to the plate whenever I can. Yeah, Kobe needs a promotion, bro. He's been yeah. grinding. Yeah, he's a regular Marine captain too only that's why i'm like i don't know man like i agree but i feel like she should still be at least a commodore like because it goes fleet admiral admirals vice admirals rear admiral and then the commodore and then captains 
and then like commander is lieutenant commander. Like I expected Helmeppo not to gain any notoriety, right? But Tashiki's like a collector of like legendary graded swords, you know? Has she how many supreme grades has she? <laughs> what? I'll be honest, Tajiki's goal is way too hard to, to accomplish with Mihawk still existing. Like, uh, <laughs> like I'm sorry, Tajiki, but like, you're idealistic. Yo, listen, bro. I feel like Tashiki should have been the queen of the series, man. Maybe one day in two piece. <laughs> Maybe Vegapunk's gonna make like a Kuina clone or something. Zora's gotta fight him. <laughs> I was the joke. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, bro. Maybe Tashigi will face the greatest enemy of the series down these stairs. Yo, alright, low-key though. Let me ask you this. If Vegapunk has taken DNA from like other Marines, and he takes one of Tashigi, and he makes a seraphim, and it looks exactly like Kuina, but like she's like Mihawk level strength. You think Zoro loses? Nah, Zoro is probably going to cut her down. Is that oh. after or he fights me? That's before. It's his training arc. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Oh my god. Yeah, just push it down some stairs, bro. That's it. Just push oh, it no, down no. some stairs. Zoro has a high ground. <laughs> <laughs> It depends all on the location. Like, if we're talking at the top of the staircase, I'm gonna have to give that to Zoro. <laughs> oh man! All right. So, um, my next question is gonna be for Max first because I, I, I know he needs to answer this. What happens with Kobe? Do you think that Bogart, your boy, goes after and goes to rescue him? How, how's that playing out in your head? If there is any time to reintroduce the person who trained Kobe and Helmeppo into the story, what better time would it be for fucking like Bogart and Garb to pull up on Beehive Island and just like, you know, just rescue Kobe? They don't even have to like clash with the Blackbeard Pirates. They just need it. You know, it's like an infiltration. They just get in, get out. Like that would be a dope arc. Yeah. I mean, it's a good way to introduce Bogart, man. Finally prove that he's probably on Rayleigh's level, you know? They grew up during the same time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be dope as fuck. <laughs> what about you, Doran? You think uh, Sword makes a move? And if so, is Bogart in it? Oh, Bogart's definitely in Sword. And uh, yeah, no, I think they would make a move. Uh, there's, But there, with the whole Blackbeard situation with Kobe... There's so many moving parts. Like I, I have no idea what Blackbeard's doing, but he could do one of a million things. And one thing I really want him to do is mm. take Kobe's shadow. Ooh. Take Kobe's shadow? Because, you know, there's still that plot line with Morio. And what did he do with Moria? Did he subjugate him so Moria's now on his crew? Or did he, you know, defeat him, take his devil fruit, give it to somebody in his crew? And now he's trying. he's doing his One Piece version of the Edo Tensei and reviving uh like a like an army of undead pirates and he's just taking the shadows of pretty strong marines like kobe is kind of up there so what if he did that with kobe yeah you were gonna say something max what, you, what were you gonna say oh i just like that idea a lot i never thought about that i also heard people say like he could be like trying to sell him to the cross guild yeah that's a good one too 
I don't, you know what it is? I would have loved the Edo Tensei idea, but the people that would be dead, that would come back from the shadows, they don't come back with their like previous mentalities or powers, right? So like, even if like an ace was to receive a Kobe shadow, he wouldn't be like ace. He'd just be like Kobe, but with like ace's body. So it wouldn't give that same like Edo Tensei effect because yeah. that personality is not there. So it would lack. Because I thought about it and I was like, yo, what if like Blackbeard just brought Whitebeard to like the war with Ace and they were like all like zombied out? I was like, yo, you how dope with that? You would need somebody strong for sure. Yeah. Um, That's so wild. I mean, if we think about it, like let's do you guys think that Aokiji is in sword, Doran? Oh, yeah, for sure. I've 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 I I've thought that. You know the whole instance with him and uh, Akainu. I I think it there's a possibility it was staged so he could go undercover in, in the Blackbeard Pirates. Like he still gave it his all and whatnot because he had to make it convincing. But I still think there's an argument like that's what he did. If he couldn't become the the if the fleet admiral, that was the next thing he was going to do. So it was it was like a contingency. So wait, you think he just lost like I, I think it was an no. arm or a leg like. To make it look like that to join Blackbeard's ship? No, I think it was a it was a contingency. Like he was fighting to become the fleet admiral. But okay. once he lost as a contingency, as a backup plan, he's like, all right, rather than work for the Marines up front working under a, a Kainu, I'd rather be more of like a free agent. Because he actually said for himself one time that there's a lot more that you can do uh being like not being under the marine's flag in the name of justice then you can as a marine because as a marine you have to follow strict guidelines but as a free agent he can do whatever he wants so you Forgot think about so you think he saves kobe i think it's a possibility i wouldn't be surprised if aokiji was was a uh, and that's actually another thing too like what if kobe got caught on purpose so he could relay an information to aokiji because he is part of sword yo oh. <laughs> That's crazy. What about you, Max? What do you think? Do you think he's in sword, um, and do you think he's gonna save Kobe? Like, what what happens? Well, either way, I feel like he's still like he's not becoming a villain now that he's affiliated with the Blackbeard Pirates. But if he is in sword, I would assume that Blackbeard really had to like screen that man because I would never like if Blackbeard really wanted a marine to join his crew, he definitely had to like make sure this man isn't still affiliated with the world government. You know, because no way that man would allow just like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And it, you know, it's crazy because if we take the bullet movie, like Stampede for what it was, right? And let's say like parts of it were canon. Blackbeard didn't want bullet on his crew because he was too strong. You remember really? that? Yeah. He went yeah. to level six and he saw bullet and they were like, yo let's recruit him and he was like nah i think we'll leave that one inside the jail <laughs> and like bounced he was like yeah it's too strong i don't like strong guys like you on my ship or something like that I gotta... well it could also be because you know he's he's pretty he's you know he's not like a total idiot he's kind he has like some level of intelligence and independence mm -hmm. and so blackbeard wants pawns that he can control yeah i i don't know man i feel like do you think that Aokiji's not really a threat to Blackbeard to that to this extent now. If we take that same idea that he had with Bullet, I think with Blackbeard, 
Like, you know, he's such a calculated character that he probably, even if he probably thought to himself, like, even if Aokiji is working for Sword, so what? It's not going to inhibit me from my plan. Like, I'm still going to accomplish my objectives. Yeah. This, you know, it's still a means to an end. Like, I'll use him as best of, as I can and then, you know, just drop him when I need to. Like, feed him fake information or something. Yeah, literally, like, Blackbeard, people really don't give Blackbeard a lot of credit, but this man is extremely intelligent. One of his main uh, hobbies is history. You know, he does a lot of research, and so that's why he's so such a well-rounded uh, intellectual person, yeah. because he knows a lot of things that other people d don't, and he used that information to his power. Yeah, no, I agree. So... I'll ask Max this. It's a very important question, Max. You need to answer it super truthfully, bro. Who okay. who who was the best waifu this chapter? Was it Bonnie? This was it Tashigi? Was it Vegapunk? <laughs> or Bonnie? Or Doll? I would say Bonnie, but that has nothing to do with the page you're thinking of. <laughs> Oh my god. What about you, Doran? Who do you think was the biggest waifu in this chapter? It's Bonnie, and it has everything to do with that page you're thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Oh, you guys are too funny, bro. Yo, low-key, though. Like, Doll was kind of fine, bro. Yeah, well, I agree. I actually do agree with that. I was talking to my homie about it after. I was like, yo, new character. Who's this? <laughs> Yeah, she a vice admiral. What were you gonna say? I was saying Oda's going off. Like he's really been grinding on those like female designs, man. Yeah, I mean, listen, she's a vice admiral, bro. I mean, she. she... What'd you say? I didn't know she's a vice admiral. Wouldn't that be the highest rank in sort? Uh, that we know of, yeah. Uh, because Gruso, what was his, what was his name? Gruce, the dude that just got I, I, introduced. I have to check. Prince Gruss. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, he looks like Cortisone, but just super edgy. Um, he's dope. He yeah, he has a he's a rare admiral, so he's a uh position under her. Damn. Uh, I don't know the other guys though. That's like behind him. I don't know if they're part of Sword too, but this would make. No, speak, Max. Go ahead. I think they are because like they appeared in a cover story and like the beige cover stories prince Groose and those two dudes they were like looking for beige wait really yeah that. he... that's wild hold on let me check they have, like a hundred two hundred chapters back or something i don't know the exact chapter he doesn't even have a wikipedia right now on one piece wikipedia I... he's not even there I don't think he was named until this chapter named until oh so it probably didn't update i want to know what chapter that was probably one of these guys will probably know um yeah that's wild i would probably it gotta be bonnie bro yeah it gotta be bonnie it's just mad weird you know what i'm saying i don't know i feel like i don't know all right so did like, you guys see no go max what what were you what are you saying is mad weird? What are you talking about? Like like the fact that she could just turn into a child at any point, you know? Oh. That has to be super like like you gotta register yourself a little bit, right? Like you're not allowed around like parks. 
Yeah, that is kind of sketch. <laughs> All right, did you guys see that Jinbei's nipple was like almost on his shoulder or not? Nah? Wait, what? I did not see that. Yeah, go to Jinbei when uh Luffy is like flexing uh his muscles when he speaks about uh being free. Oh, actually, that's something I want to touch up on. What do you guys think of all that? How Luffy said, like, because uh, mm. like, Bonnie, Bonnie, Bonnie said, like, why isn't your hair white? And he's like, oh, that's just who, what I am when I'm at my most free. Mm. But what does that exactly mean? Like, I want to take, well, Luffy said quite literally, by freedom, does that mean he's completely detached himself from, like, his humanity? And so he's kind of transcended into this godlike state because... The Nika fruit is a is a god fruit. What do you guys think? You you could go Max. I uh, yeah, I definitely think it has everything to do with like Nika, obviously. Like he's becoming more free. And didn't like the elders say like um something about uh forget what the words were for verbatim, but they were like he can like as he can fight as like as he wishes or something along the lines of that. Yeah. So like Luffy's interpretation of his own power is definitely interesting as hell when he says that. <clears throat> um, as for me, he does go into Gear Five. I don't know if you guys noticed. Um, a little bit. Like his hair changes too, and his body like looks more cartoonish. Like he's like stretching the rubber in a free way. To I me. Yeah, to me, I, I just feel like he says exactly, oh, that's just how I look when I'm totally free. So when I think about that, I'm like, maybe he doesn't worry so much either. Because to be free, you have to be free physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, even, right? And I think that all the worries of the world and such like that, Luffy just happens to get rid of. And it just fits everything else, right? Like he's able to fight however he wants or manipulate reality however he pleases because it's just the freedom to do so. He has the opportunity to do so. And I think that with that comes also like the change of thought, the change of like perspective and how the world should be. And it worries me a little bit because I think somebody brought this up, but like if Luffy's ultimate power that was stated by Mihawk was to bring people towards him and he happens to awaken his devil fruit even further to the point he makes everybody laugh and not have to worry it could be detrimental to the world because being around him would be kind of like devastating because you're always happy and always smiling and it resembles much like the smile devil fruits right where we had the whole town and ebisu uh, just smiling and laughing nonstop, even when they wanted to cry. Like, what if Luffy lost control, and like that so ended up happening? It's funny that you that you brought that up because a little while ago I made a video on this, like uh, how Gear Five stole Luffy's humanity. And what I what I mean by that is, you know, as humans, we feel a range of emotions, not just joy. But as Joy Boy, Luffy really only felt actual just happiness and joy the entire time during the fight. Mm -hmm. Like it's a serious fight. Kaido is his enemy, and he's enjoying every bit of that battle, even though he should be here to be de destroying the guy. Yeah, there were certain nuances um, and times when, you know, it seemed like he was bouncing back to his normal consciousness, but 
you know, as his Del Fruit progresses, will he continue to lose the bits and pieces of himself that make him human in the process? And like you said, awakened, he can affect the if he can affect the environment around him, then therefore he would also be taking the humanity of everybody else. Yeah, that's a scary thought. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I wonder because I had this uh this talk before about how much did the Nika how how much does the Nika fruit control fate and destiny, right? Like <clears throat> to some degree, did the will of the fruit somehow use another form of hockey to make reality bend to its will, which caused Shanks to uh go after the fruit in order to bring it to Luffy, who's the obvious benefactor of this fruit, right? Like it landed in his hands because the fruit basically needed to go into his hands. He's the only person that could truly bring out its potential. And it's like, when does it become a factor that this fruit is so heavily doused in like will that it probably even willed Shanks to some degree to like a mind control where like it mind controlled Shanks to a degree. You know, you guys get what I'm trying to say or no? I am because when we, if we go back to what the Gorosi said, they said this double fruit has been evading us for 800 years, which means this fruit not only has a will of its own, but it's able to affect the environment around it. So it will never get into the hands of those who could uh, use it in the in in a situation that could lead to devastation. So, um, yeah, I think I think. Uh, just like how Del Fruits can affect their environment. Maybe even this this one is just so special that I can do the same thing even as a regular fruit. What do you think, Max? You think there's any leeway to this thought process that like this fruit can manipulate reality and people? Well, like Doran said, like uh, the girls say we're talking about how it basically has a mind of its own. And also the fact that like Shanks like chose to go after a cipher pull ship I mean, he wasn't even a Yonko at that point, and he still, like, went out of his way to go after this, like, government ship. I don't think that was just, like, on accident. He definitely knew what he was getting into, or he was, like, you know, willed into it somehow, like you were saying. And, yeah, it, it, it brings up a lot of questions, man, regarding this fruit. And I'm glad you asked that question, Doran, because this is a question that most people just, like, they're not as detailed into the details of one piece and they don't think about like the, all the possibilities because it's kind of hampering right but this does bring up the fact that yo maybe the nika fruit isn't a good fruit maybe it's a bad fruit if it's used poorly and this is probably why the government is so afraid of it you know rock's previous devil fruit user oh maybe maybe i hope not i i wouldn't want rocks to be a devil fruit user to be honest if, why if rocks is getting any devil fruit i want it to be the yami yami nomi yeah i mean the, the reason why i wouldn't want it is because if you've noticed everybody that's taller than the captain usually has a devil fruit and he doesn't so like luffy shanks um, they're just like powerhouses, right? But there's like smaller in stature. Rocks was the same way. Rocks was chilling with these huge people and he just sat in the middle and they bent the knee to him. And I feel like when you're in one piece and you don't have a devil fruit and you're like competing at these levels, 
you're just like that much more of a badass to me. I agree with that too. Because like again, Shanks, the reason the reason we revere him is because this guy's a hockey master who you know everybody bows down to. And then Matt only has one arm, like it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean as strong as hell conquers hockey, like no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I, I hate when people bring up the the one arm fact because I'm like, yo, it's not that hard in one piece to will yourself to become a Yanko with one arm. Like we had Papagu, the starfish, will himself to talk. And he was a regular ass starfish. And he was like, yo, That's I want to a- talk. And he just started talking and became a fashion designer. He's like the most successful, rich fish star in like all of Fishman Island. That's a really good point. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> like the dude really became that just because he wanted himself to talk. So he just talked. I well, Shanks did a little more than that to become Yonko though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Shanks out here has like hockey Wi-Fi. Shout out to Parvision, but he like sends his hockey like across the ways. As We've never seen anybody do that. I have a buddy named Rocks Review who said that Shanks is the NL of hockey. <laughs> of Conqueror's hockey? Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was a good point. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this, uh, Max, because Anel and Ace are my favorite characters, by the way. But um, how much does Anel foreshadow Emu? And do you think there's any similarities between the two? Yo, I was definitely like looking into that because at first I was like, uh, I don't think this is foreshadowing. It's just kind of like a coincidence. But oh. there's a little more to it if you like really look into it because like there's, I think there's like, um, uh, it, the attack just like looks hella similar to the one that Anel used in Skypea. And then also Anel had that like, that sky boat thing that he was taking to the moon, uh, which kind of makes the arc, like, maximum arc. Yeah, the maximum arc. That makes you think like, uh, what if that's what was in the sky and did the attack on Sabo? I don't know, but like, that's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, what about you, Doran? What do you think? I'm so happy you brought this up because this this is one of my favorite parts about One Piece. It's the parallels. So I've said for a long time that Jaya and Skypea, like that whole saga, it's a microcosm on the entire narrative of One Piece. What's Jaya about? It's all about dreams. You know, they go into mock town, the dreamless cities, this whole irony about how Bellamy disregards dreams while Luffy is a dreamer. They go to Jaya, or to Skypea, and they essentially accomplish that dream, where it's this, it's this fantastical adventure, and that's something all Luffy ever wanted, where they go up against a god, who is an L. Now you take that parallel, you bring it down to Dressrosa, and you have that same duality between the D-Clan and the Celestial Dragons, therefore being another microcosm of the whole situation with the D-Clan versus Emu. So I think it's very, very symbolic. There's a lot of th- themes going around there to build up the narrative. And it's uh, it, it was done in a very interesting way. Yeah, it was. I agree. Um, it, it, it makes me think, right? Everybody always downplays uh, Skypea. Do you guys think that Skypea, as the story progresses towards the end, continues to be the focal point of all of One Piece? Because everything has been kind of foreshadowed through Skypea. Do you think Skypea is the most important arc in all of One Piece? And I'll start with Max. 
I mean, it very well could be when you're like looking at all the stuff it has foreshadowed already with like Nika and then like this thing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but out of every other arc, I would say definitely Skype is like the model for all of One Piece. Yeah. What about you, Doran? Well, it's funny because it was after Skypea that One Piece in my mind became a masterpiece of a series. Mm. And it's because of, it's because of the ending. You know, you see Luffy's shadow in, in the sky. And, you know, you t- take that panel and just analyze so much about it in general. Uh, but yeah, like as, as the story progresses, those those small things that were going on in Skypea. Again, there's also the whole thing with the Golden City. And, you know, a golden bell and, you know, like there's a lot of stuff there that it's connected to every mystery in One Piece. So I feel like as we learn more about the the answers to these mysteries, they're all going to relate back to Skypea. And we've already seen a lot of that. Uh, And for instance, in the Odin flashback, when Gold Roger, uh, you know, he was able to sign his name on that Poneglyph, I think it was, because of Odin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, it's crazy, too, because I think the most important fact was that Anel believed himself a god and he ended up being a false god and yeah. he did an attack that destroyed the Birkins, which I hope your Rouge, when he comes back into the story, gives us gives us some insight into the Birkins, because I do yeah. believe that the Birkins happen to be the only angel race to have ties to the moon and the information that may come from the moon to give us more uh exposition on like one piece itself but i feel like m and the celestial dragons they're also false gods and they just they're destroying islands off the face of the earth so it's like it's like whoa like sky pia was definitely a thing so i guess doesn't now come back like doran does he come back like what's like what's going on does Anel come back? I will. I totally think he is. It's something that I've been predicting for a long time. And the reason why I think that is because, you know, with every One Piece villain that we've seen in One Piece, they've always had a conclusion or we've learned in some areas an understandable motivation for why they do the things that they do. With Anel, it was not like that. He had no conclusion. He's completely different from every villain in One Piece because even when he was defeated by Luffy, he still pursued his dream and he was successful. Now, what's also really interesting about Anel and Berka is that if you go if you go into history, Berka was a real place like a thousand years ago. It was a Viking trade port. So I've always been under the impression that when we go to uh, uh, when we finally get to Elbaf. I feel like that might be even be the time Enel returns because of all the Viking uh, symbolism and uh, Norse mythology that surrounds uh, Enel because he even has an attack called El Thor. Um, and I've, I'm even under the impression that, again, this is just, this is a theory. I, there's no proof to validate this at all. But I believe that the moon that Enel is on is actually uh, uh, Uranus. I think that's the ancient weapon in itself. But I guess we'll wait and see until that happens. Before I go to Max, I do have to ask you, why do you think that the moon is Uranus? Because Uranus is the god of the sky, and the moon is still within the atmosphere of the Earth, and and that was able to power it up. And from my knowledge, moons don't have ways to power up and charge. So (laughs) 
I mean, just because there's so much technology there to, to begin with, mm. it, it really shows some level of importance. So either he has Uranus or Eam is in possession of Uranus, which is able, which is why he was able to do, to do that thing at, on 1060, but it's still up in the air. Okay. What about you, Max? You think Anel's coming back, bro? Or is it, is it just over for him? Well, I think he's definitely coming back, but I really like that uh that Elbaf theory that Doran was talking about. I've never heard that theory. I forgot that he like named that one attack Thor. Uh-huh. But uh yeah, I don't think they would have Oda would have had him like shown at the end of the arc to like, you know, like getting in his arc maxim and then going to the moon in the cover stories. I don't think Oda would ever put that in the story with no plans to bring him back. Like he's definitely coming back. There's no way he's not. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I want to say he comes back because he's one of my favorites, but I think it's done. I think, uh, Anel is never going to come back. He's the only villain that's ever truly won. And I think that there's no room for him at this point, because I think if Yerush comes into the story, he could basically give us the exposition that Anel would currently have, you know, um, but there is you one thing. Oh no, go Max. You won't give us Anel's backstory though, like Doran was saying. <laughs> I mean, he was just a dude. I mean, the the backstory for the uh, the moon, I think, can actually be done through Vegapunk. And um, the reason why I say this is because, um, have you guys ever? So you guys know what island Vegapunk is from? Like, what's it called? Um, isn't it that same island that uh? that old man with all those other like robots were from exactly and this yeah. is where uh this is where it gets a little interesting because parvision pointed this out um that old man is from that same island and he basically made robots that were basically pacifistas if we really want to call it that and they were sent up to the moon uh where they had you know to you know figure out what was going on because they went back to their homeland i guess because there was other robots built like them there so i feel like maybe that was vegapunk's grandfather or some type of great great grandfather so then i have a question for you yeah what is the purpose of anel having amassing that large army like what like do you think there's there's no there's no purpose for that. Oda just put it in there like, ah, oh, this, this one knows up to, you know, you'll never see him again, but here he is because <laughs> I just don't think Oda's that type of writer. You know, Oda, when he does things like this, oh. he always does it with intention. And so if he doesn't bring an L back into the story, I personally will be pretty disappointed because it's like he'd set something up and never followed through on it, which is, but I know, but Oda doesn't really disappoint. You know, he's pretty consistent with reintroducing characters at the right time so mm. i that's why i'm so inclined to believe that and now will return uh i would probably just say like if there's use for anel then yeah but i feel like his personality is too big in order for it to fit now into one piece you know what i'm saying like even if he did come back with the large army it would require some type of focus or attention that the story doesn't have time for. Like if and we're, that's why, I, yeah, that's no, no, why no. I think it would be the best thing if he came with an ancient weapon, because that'd be the mm. best way to reintroduce him into the story. 
I guess. But it's like, at this point, we're at a level of hockey where like Anel wouldn't be able to compete. Even if he has the ancient weapon, he would get taken out so quickly that the ancient weapon would just be handed to whoever receives Anel's attention first. Like if the government saw him first, they'd just take him out immediately. If like, what if he, what if he, in the in the two years he's trained his hockey? Because again, it's been two years since we've seen Anel, mm-hmm. and Anel without a crew, without with just being the person who he was, Oda did state that in, in SBS his bounty would have been five hundred million. Just being who he is with no with nothing else intertwined. When you take that away, it shows just how strong Anel actually was. Because how are bounties awarded? They're awarded most of the time based on notoriety and clout. So, and now without clout, getting awarded a 500 million berry bounty, I think that speaks volumes. I think we would have to get into the conversation of like how strong are, or how many or how strong are space pirates, right? Because there are space pirates in space. And it's like your will can only be challenged if there's somebody of that level that challenges you. And like, we would have to leave it up to the assumption as th- there's just some beast ass dude with like all the hockeys and would probably need in order to just be able to even bang out with somebody now this late in the story. And I feel like that would be a huge jump in speculation, right? Like, am I wrong, sure. Max? I would say like, I would probably agree with Doran. Like most of, luffy's past villains have gotten stronger like over time like that they just that's just how it works basically over time and also i was thinking like what you're saying how strong would those uh space pirates be i would say like seraphim level would make the most sense yeah but seraphim level is like putting blackbeard on his back heels and making him do one of his most powerful nah, moves you know what i'm saying flash with blackbeard for a little that wasn't putting him on his heels yo you yeah. didn't think that seraphim put him on his heels for a second nah oh i think he, i think he was caught off guard for a second that he had to utilize his hockey but by the time that he's apprehended boa like it literally looks like this guy took no damage at all like he was he was still chilling yo but the seraphims weren't they they said the seraphims didn't have one scratch on them. Yeah, they're strong. like the space pirates are like just as strong. I mean, they're from space. Like we don't know, you know. Yeah, I get you. Um, I, I do have two 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 more questions. We got what? an emu question coming up. An emu question? Why you want an emu question? Yeah, I want to talk about what went down in the last chapter. Oh yeah, we could talk about it. What do you, what do you want to ask? Like, what do you guys even think happened there? Like, was it Emu's power? Were they like, what do you think? Um, Doran, you could go first if you want. I want it to be a devil fruit power because that would just be so that like it could be an ancient weapon, but I want it to be devil fruit power because that would just be so incredibly ridiculous that Emu can erase things from existence, uh, just by you know xing a, a country on the on on a map. I think that'd be awesome. Um, How would you fight that? That just sounds so broken. Well, there has to be constri- like uh, constrictions. You know, maybe it's something that Emu can only use under certain pretenses. Maybe it's even like a last resort, or maybe it's even just something that Emu uses to show that you know we're the world governments. We've been here for eight hundred years. This is what happens when you try to mess with us. Um, now, the the other notion is that 
What if Emu actually erased that country from existence to the point where everybody kind of forgot about it? Similar to, you know, Sugar's Double Fruit. There's this, th- there's this whole theme in One Piece about being a martyr, being remembered. You know, you have people like Roger and Whitebeard who, will, who are engraved into history. And then you have somebody like Roxy Zebek who is forgotten from history. And Kaido's only goal is to be remembered. So I think it's trying to play on that idea. Yeah, that could be it too. Um, about it like that, bro. Like rocks being erased from history, the same way that Lulisha Kingdom was. I think I'm gonna be real. I if he has Kaido, Big Mom, and Whitebeard, and Wang Shi, and Captain John, and even Shiki, who's probably like the fifth strongest on the crew. Um, I think that that weapon shouldn't even phase him, bro. Like, I don't think that weapon phases Shanks either. I'm serious. <laughs> I know it sounds wild, but like when we're talking about like peak hockey, right? Like the willpower of those people are monstrous, bro. I, I don't even think that weapon affects Kaido to destroy him. I mean, I think I think the best rule of thumb will will be with how it affected Sabo. Because we don't know if he we don't even know if Sabo is alive or not. I'm assuming he is, but um like if he like depending on what happened to Sabo, I think it'll be fair to make assumptions just how devastating this power is. Because regular civilians, like you said, like you know, they're they're essentially fodder. Like yeah. Shanks, Shanks is is one of the most overpowered people in mm-hmm. One Piece. Yeah, and you know, somebody pointed out in my chat when I was live reading um, that Sabo might have not even been on that island. Yeah, because. Fact- the light is shining on the right side of his face and he's looking right. He's everybody else is looking straight up. So he might be on a boat. Good point. But on the island, if he just like went in his Logia form, it might not even like do anything, right? Exactly. I would think that so his Logia form is a, is pyro, right? It's it's fire. And uh that weapon would either have to be a contrast to that, like magma is to ice, or have some type of willpower within it in order to hurt Sabo. If not, he just regenerates. And that's what I was thinking too. Like, uh, um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, so uh, I'll answer your question, Max. Um, so this is going to be sort of like a long answer. So forgive me. But all right. So I was talking over dinner to Parvision when he came to our studio and visited and we just had a blast, you know, and he mentioned something about Vivi and Vivi possibly being an ancient weapon or the uh component to an ancient weapon and i didn't really understand what he meant and he was like listen when vivi during alabasta's war was yelling at the top of her lungs to have everybody stop fighting stop the war stop killing each other at a certain point she screamed so loud with such will that she accumulated clouds and made it rain over a country that was barren of water like there was just nothing there and i was like okay maybe she can do that but like what kind of effect would that have on the world and he's like well you could either cover the entire world with clouds the same way like a nuclear bomb would which would then freeze the world over or she could make it rain so hard that like it would cause devastation and i'm like okay i'm on board but i'm kind of not on board because i don't want vivi to be an ancient weapon or even tied to one and he was like well that's probably why alabasta is also so special so i was like okay 
All right, so moving on. When we saw Emu for the first time debut, silhouetted, he he or she was holding a bunch of pitchers. Yeah. So those pitchers were Shirohoshi, Vivi, Blackbeard, and Luffy. All the pitchers uh, were either cut up or stabbed, except one yep. person's. That was Vivi's. So Vivi is missing, right? If Vivi is missing, and she's the last place she was seen was Marie Joa, then most likely M knows she's an ancient weapon or a component to it. Yeah. Why? Because when the Gorosei asked them, asked, you know, Emu, which light should we take out next? It might have been Lul Lulucia, but it also might have just been, we're going to take Vivi out. So she's not a danger, but we could also use her because we actually have Uranus and she's the component that we're missing to activate Uranus to make it work. So this was probably done when rocks was around and it happened to God Valley and somebody from Alabasta probably was used again because Shirahoshi's a reincarnation of a ancient weapon, right? Like yeah. it only comes through mermaids. What if it happens to like the princesses of uh, Alabasta, like the Queens and stuff like that. So I'm thinking that maybe uh, Eam used Vivi to use what they already had, which was Uranus to activate what they did to God Valley. And I think the final piece to put it all together is what Doflamingo said when he was in jail, right? He said, uh, there's a national treasure or something like that uh, at Marie Joa. And I think that's well, I what want, he's talking about. I want to play on this because I, I, I love where your headspace is at too and what you and Parv are talking about. Because I've actually, I've, this is something that I've thought and talked about a lot. And so I'm sure you guys know about the whole four gods theory from all the way back in Skypiea, right? Yeah. Well, when people brought this up, they're like, oh, it's Dragon. He's obviously the rain god. Oh, it's Green Boar Chopper, the forest god. But I think the whole thing with, you know, the whole, a lot of the things with, you know, being a god in this certain type of scenario, it has to do with, with a person's dream. So, for instance, uh, Vivi, her dream was to, you know, get Alabasta out of this drought so they could be free and make it rain. So, therefore, she would be the rain god. Also, her hair is blue, so it kind of goes with that theme of water. Shirahoshi, what's her dream? Her dream was to always go to a forest. Ergo, she would be the forest god. And the last two would be Luffy and Blackbeard, Luffy, Sun God, Nika, obviously, and the Earth God, which is the counter to the, to the sun, which would go to Blackbeard. And I thought that the four posters that uh, Ian was holding was kind of the, a little Easter egg towards that type of idea. And so building upon that with the ancient weapons, I think there's a lot of validity to it. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's very, it's very weird because I've always been under the impression since Morge stated that each of the ancient weapons represents the hockeys. So um, Conqueror's hockey would represent Poseidon, which is the control over animals, right? And then we have Pluton, which I, I'm 100% sure that it's a ship and it affects the weather and land, right? So we have uh, Poseidon under the water, Pluton on the water, and then Uranus, which represents observation hockey, would be in the air because it's, you know, observation is very airy anyway. And then Pluton is armament hockey. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like if we're going to aim something from far away and use it to attack something else, 
that's another reference to what Anel was doing, right? I was about to say, because what was the hockey that Anel was superior at? It was observation hockey. So I think that Emu is probably using a certain type of advanced observation hockey, which is the most powerful hockey in the show by far. But anyway, I think he's being able to use that to attack different places. And I think that's the reason why he's able to use the, the, the weapon now. But yeah, that's my long answer, Max. My bad. But what do you think about everything? I think I've seen that Parvision theory before. I really like that. I think... Uh... I don't know if I saw a different one, but I saw like one time he was talking about how like all the girls who look like Nami in One Piece could have like much more importance than you think. Like because they all look alike, mm -hmm. they each different. Like I think it might have been like ancient weapons he wanted to tie to each like Rebecca, Shirahoshi, and then um, Vivi. I think that's where he was going with it. But like yeah. that, the Vivi theory is definitely interesting. I like that theory. I just thought it was the Shadow Clone Jutsu in One Piece, but that's a way better idea than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, that's that's my thoughts. It's it's gonna be interesting. I'll tell you that. Like Oda's a Oda's a freak, bro. I don't know how Oda's he's a mad genius. Yeah, like I don't know how he's come up with this, right? Like how how does like one person like does this huge type of manga for this long and it's this fire still. It's crazy. But um, my last two questions is uh, first we'll go with how did you feel about Luffy's um, Ahega O face? I think that's how you say it. You guys know what I'm talking about? Wait, what was this? <laughs> <laughs> the one where we see Egghead, the entire Egghead. Did you see Luffy's face? Yeah, I see it right now. What, what do you guys think of it? Rate it one through ten right now. I gotta pull it up. Hold up. Yeah. Not gonna lie, I'm underwhelmed. But, <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't see, I don't see the hearts in his eyes. Like, <laughs> oh, when Bonnie was changing. Yeah, you see his yeah. face. Five out of ten. Five out Choppers. of ten. Yeah. Choppers is better, you think? Well, Chopper, like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> you get to it yet, Max, or not? Nah? Oh, no. Oh, huh? One, which panel are you talking about? I'm at the chat. Where he's, where he's talking about being hungry because he's looking at Bonnie. I understand. Uh, <laughs> that face is great. <laughs> one to ten. One to ten. Um, I'm going to give it a solid eight. I like that. <laughs> you're too generous <laughs> he said i like that i'm gonna be real man i feel like it could have been a little bit better so i'm gonna give it a seven i'll give it a seven well, what would your face be <laughs> See, well, i'm not making a face i'm not making a yeah, face mine would obviously have the hard eyes so <laughs> mine mine's would be 2h anime for this bro okay <laughs> when, I, when i eventually get a vtuber model i'll make sure that the guy can give me an ego face <laughs> the one that you got now but just like randomly when you're explaining something mad serious it just pops out for like five seconds exactly that's how they'll know i'm serious about the video <laughs> <laughs> um all right um the last question i do have and i know i mentioned it earlier in our talk but you know how I said that Vegapunk happened to um, grow up on 
Katakuri, I believe the name of the island he grew up on. And he wasn't able to um, warm the client climate as he wanted to. So he cried for the citizens and yada yada, right? Do you think he perfected it on Egghead? Um, the reason why I ask is because if you look at Egghead, the island, in its entirety when it's like silhouetted, the similar structure of something really big up top and then the trees are like palm trees with coconuts on it. So that would explain like a warm climate, right? Do you think he perfected it here and it's just snowing because he didn't activate the geothermal, uh, Max? I didn't even notice the palm trees until you talked about him. That could definitely be the case. Like he finally mastered how to like control the climate. It would make sense for sure. I think what he did is controlled the climate within the actual country, but to keep out pirates, he left it the same around. Mm. Ooh, that makes sense. Yeah, he, that's what I think. To keep out pirates? Well, because like obviously he's uh, uh he's not a fan of pirates. So like to like cuz again, it's better to have extreme weather conditions so uh to leave out invasive, uh, you know, individuals. Mm. He probably created like the eddy that Bonnie was in. Like he probably is manifesting all these like conditions. Yeah. Yeah, this dude is crazy, bro. Holy. I don't, so if he did do so, right? Like if he did, if he is able to change the climate of like islands now, why do you think he didn't go back to his homeland to change it when they're still like freezing and they mentioned, you know, his personality? Probably too stuck up with science. What about you, Max? I was just saying he abandoned the lab for some reason. There must have been like, must have been something that caused him to abandon it. But like, yeah, there's obviously he doesn't like, he doesn't affiliate with that like island anymore. Yeah. I will, I will say something that I'm noticing right now that I didn't before mm -hmm. is that, that the clouds have swirls in them. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, I don't know if that's important or not, but like yeah. fruit clouds. What? But it it actually it, it reminds me of this of this uh, SBS that Oda said early in One Piece, where a fan asked why does Sanji have swirl like swirly eyebrows, and mm. Oda said that everything persists in cycles: the sun and the moon, the sea. Like he really went, he really made a meme out of it, but also like he was letting on more than he was willing to tell. So. Maybe it's just another like uh, situation like that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, wow. I mean, that probably explains why Sanji's such a bad character, right? He goes from bad to good, good to bad in the cycle. Damn. <laughs> As Sa Sanji is my second favorite character, my heart is great. <laughs> <laughs> i had to throw a shot i had to throw how could you my heart <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i had i had one more question too that's so crazy um yeah do you guys have anything else you want to talk about uh you guys got a kainu versus kaido oh kaido uh, a kainu i agree kainu I kind of yeah. You guys are walling. Um, just yeah. Job done, bro. How are you guys gonna end this amazing episode on disrespect? 
I don't get it. Nah, Such this is facts. You're, you're the one who's speaking fiction. <laughs> Yo, bro. I just saw Kaido lift an entire island that's like a hundred or more of oars with ease. Take on the entirety of the force. Yamato, Zoro, Law, Kid. Big Mom, he fought the day before. And then he took on a person who can grab lightning bolts without looking and chuck it. And he kept one-shotting that person. And, and he literally like took Luffy out of gear five. And then Luffy had to come back into gear five. And Luffy had to create an, a fist the size of Onigashima in order to even compete with Kaido. And y'all saying that he losing to a Kaido? He's he donut maker. <laughs> What'd you say? He's donut maker. He's turning the world into his bakery. Exactly. A Kainu, if he had to go up against that attack that Luffy was throwing at Kaido, he would dodge it and then yeah. he would make finishing blow. Like yeah. take the finishing blow. It's he actually does. from this one statement that Oda said in, in an interview or an SBS. I forgot which one it was. But he said that if Akane was the protagonist, he would find the One Piece and he'd get the One Piece within one year. Which means if he was in Luffy's position, going up against the monsters of the sea, he would surpass them all and get the One Piece. So, Or at least, you know, maybe not actually go full on defeat them, but he would still be the one out of all of them to get the One Piece. So, so that I think that... So did Oda say that he was a pirate or a marine when he would do this? This is in the idea that he, he was a pirate, which is why he didn't make Luffy an overpowered protagonist from the jump, because then it, the story wouldn't have been as interesting as it was up until now. I saw a Kainu get bodied by a white beard that couldn't even flex conquer his hockey. Bro didn't get bodied. He Wait, got this, was, bodied was this pre-time skip. Was this in the anime or the manga? Because I'm pretty sure this was in the anime. In the manga, it wasn't like that. I in mean, the manga, in the manga, Akainu didn't take any damage uh, in the entirety of Marineford. If I remember correctly, he still got put out the fight by an attack that Whitebeard had created. I'm pretty. I, he maybe he did, but I I remember I remember verbatim that in the in the in the manga. Um, Akainu and Whitebeard never actually fought after he did what he did to Ace. The reason the animators did that was because it was supposed to be like, you know, uh, vengeance for what he just did to Ace because of the emotions the fans were feeling. But yeah. in the manga, I don't think he did that. So, I mean, they're still both canon, so you can take it as it is. But mm. I'm inclined to believe more in what the manga was shown because that's the source material. Wait, Larry, who do yeah. you think won? fight though at marine ford the white beard kainu who won the fight yeah oh kainu oh okay like then that's that's all it that needs to be set no but listen bro we talking about kaido like i get what you're saying but at the end of the day it's like we all know it's already yonko over admirals right like that's been stated like clearly. i actually think i think admirals over yonko what they yeah, just. I, think... I saw two admirals lost to Sabo and a few people. They didn't um, lose. They didn't lose. They they escaped. Mm. Exactly. All I know there was yeah. two admirals, and then I saw a Yonko roll up from the bottom of Wano, which is super low, and get his power turned completely off 
by Yonko. Uh, I, I also have an argument for that. You also have to look at it from Greenpool's perspective. He was on his own. Um, you think it doesn't make like he was willing to go up against the entirety of Wano as it was. Even the fact that Luffy was there, like he was ready to go. The reason he didn't was because with another variable added into the equation, things get too complicated. He can't just go off soloing the verse on his own. Doesn't sound like something Akainu would do. That's all I'm saying. I mean, Akainu wouldn't do what Greenbull did in the first place, though. He would have came with all the Marines. Yeah, y'all walling, bro. Like, I get what y'all saying, but like, Kaido has been stated 1v1. You bet on Kaido, bro. And like, where is he now? Yo, he got jumped. <laughs> and then the thing he fought. Is, though, is that, where, where are we? Like, so that it's a, that, that's a rumor that was going through, you know, One Piece. That's something. So the way, the way I see that is that it's almost like a bar rumor. You know, let's say you're at a bar, you're, you're there with the, with the bartender. And he's like, hey, rumor has it that if you 1v1 Kaido, he's going to win. So how accurate is that information? Just because it's been, it, like, again, it's a rumor. It's something that hasn't, that has some legitimacy to it. But again, it's, a, it's nothing that you can really say verbatim because we've only seen, you know, Kaido fight a couple of people and we've never seen him fight somebody like true top gears, like, like a Roger or, a, or um, a white beard or something. So, so let me depends. ask you this. Is is Mihawk's title the same way for you or no? Mihawk with being the strongest swordsman. Well, again, the thing with with Kaido is he was the strongest creature. Creature doesn't necessarily mean human. All right. So was Whitebeard the strongest person in the world? Uh, he was the per he was a person who could destroy the world. Um, what, I don't know if he was the strongest, but I know he had the capability of destroying the world with his abilities. Maybe at that point in time he was. Maybe in the prime in his prime he was. But a lot of information in One Piece is skewed. You know, take it with a grain of salt. That's what I tend to do, at least, because like you got, you got, you have to understand though, like where is the information coming from? Who's the one who's saying this information? Is it is it just a rumor around the One Piece world, or is this Oda really trying to tell us that yeah, this guy's really up there? All right, I'm a strong advocate that Oda be lying all the time, bro, all the time, and. What Listen, has he done before? What? Why? Yo, because Mihawk isn't the strongest swordsman. I think that if he's the strongest swordsman, like somebody would be like the strongest boxer or the best boxer. But if they stepped into an MMA ring, they're going to get their ass handed to them. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like Shanks himself is an MMA fighter. Like he may fight with a sword, but that's not his only source of strength. Like if Shanks and... Mihawk put a sword down. Who do you think is winning? I would the say Shanks. Is, I agree, but the thing is that from what we know about Shanks is that he's a very respectful and honorable person. So he wouldn't do that in the first place. If he's going to fight Mihawk, he's going to fight with what he's best at, which is swordsmanship. Uh, but again, like uh, going in favor of Shanks, their, their duel never ended. So the reason why Mihawk is the strongest swordsman is because nobody was able to contest him uh, and he refuses to fight Shanks, and he refuses to uh, take away that idolization he he's put in his mind of who Shanks is as a character. So Ooh, that's a good way of looking at it. I never yeah. thought about. It. So no, I agree. I agree. But at the same time, it's like he became a Yonko after that. But whatever, Mihawk didn't face anybody. Um, my point is, it's like there's really nobody in the series. 
that could do the things that Kaido does at the level that he does it at. And it's like if they wanted to take Kaido out, Akaino would have just rolled up and took Kaido out with his army that he assimilated himself and just took him out. I feel like that could have been just that. It it costs too much to do that. Like they can't just like enter Yonko territory with like an admiral or two and just like go all out. It just would it would be too much. Because you because the way I see it is like what are like what are the Yonko essentially? They're superpowers, just like the world government is. And so you know there's the whole balance of power with the warlords, the emperors, and the world government. And so by you going after one of the Yonko who's there to stabilize that balance of power, you disrupt it. And when things are out of balance. Uh, things can change drastically. So it's better to not upset that balance and leave things in a steady equilibrium than it is to rock the boat. Like, Kaido was willing to just come with King to Marine Forward, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, he himself was like, all right, yo, I'm going to go take out Whitebeard even though these world powers exist. Like, he had that confidence. And, like, now that we've seen what we've seen from him, how many people can you literally say can do the things that Kaido can do? If you think a Kainu can do so, I feel like that's just so blasphemous. Like a Kainu's never shown the type of durability, the type of stamina, the type of like uh, showmanship in hockey as well. Like if we're going off the basis of what Whitebeard at his deathbed was able to do and a Kainu doing what he did, that's not enough. Because we know that Kaido's stronger than him. We know that Kaido's stronger than both of them at that point. Like even well, Garp was going to take him out. Just from what we've seen, though, we we can't say anything uh, for certain yet because we've really only seen a Kainu in one instance, and you know, and we've only seen the outcome of another instance, which was when he fought for ten days without Kiji, and both of them essentially reshaped the environment and climate of Punkazri. So basically, what I'm saying is, you know, there is an argument to say that yes, Kaido is stronger, but we have still yet to see the full power of what a Kainu can muster. And until Luffy fights Akainu, which is an inevitability, or even Sabo, because that could also be set up that he fights Akainu, we won't know for sure just how strong this guy is. Well, even if Akainu is weaker than Kaido, he fights in a completely different way. Like, Kaido plays with his food. He's not, like, actually, like, trying to end the fight, like, immediately. Whereas with Akainu, he's just trying to get the job done. Like, he's... They they fight in completely different ways. Yeah, I agree. Yo, but... Kaido steps up to his comp level and that's been proven like anytime Luffy ever stepped up he stepped up as well and I get that you may be able to land that one shot that could punch a hole through him and melt his organs but like it's Kaido bro like the dude tanked gamma knife like I watched an old man whitebeard on his deathbed take two shots to the chest and he was still able to take on blackbeard and his crew you know what I'm saying like he was still able to fight and it's like we're talking about Kaido who is honestly the most impressive fighter we've seen yet i just don't believe and i i just don't believe at the end of the day like kaido said hockey is everything hockey is the end all be all it's what roger made the world go to their knees from and like the most impressive hockey feats we've seen so far is shanks it's kaido it's luffy and i feel like if you could just put a kainu there that's all speculation that you have to assume that this guy is at this level there's no actual hard facts well do you think a hockey is weaker than luffy's yeah i don't think it is 
God, I, I disagree as well. I think, yeah, because again, you have to understand, like, we, we, you're right, we don't know a lot about, about Akainu, but we know enough that he did full-on clash with Shanks at, uh, at Marineford. And uh, I think that says something in, a, in itself. Like, yeah, Shanks could have blasted him away. Yeah, maybe Akainu could have defeated him if he was, you know, had the capabilities to. But the fact that he was able to clash with him and nothing happened, I still think that's something to be said for Akainu. I mean, if he wasn't even clashing with Shanks. Shanks just stopped his fist. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, but like well, you have to imagine if 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 uh, Akainu is using his devil fruit to you know turn people into donuts, the only way to to defend against Logia is with hockey. And who has the strongest hockey so far in the show? It was it's Shanks, exactly. But it has to be that, Shanks or Kaido. Like those are the only two people. Again, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like I get what y'all saying, but is it's it's like Kaido has shown us things we didn't even think was possible, bro. Not to mention he has a Logia form in his dragon form. <laughs> like, like like there's some degree of talk where like Wano is really like written badly because Kaido surrounded himself in a magma form that was melting the horns of onigashima but then he died in lava like what like i i don't know bro i i can't i'll say this i'll agree to disagree or disagree to agree whatever but i feel like i don't know i feel like you guys are bugging but go max i know you were trying to talk uh oh, i was gonna say like the statement about kaido saying like hockey can surpass all he said only hockey can surpass all so that means like if you have like hella strong hockey then you might have a like be stronger than someone with a very strong devil fruit but it's not like an assurance like it doesn't yeah. mean it doesn't mean like everyone with strong hockey is automatically stronger than like everyone with devil fruits you know that's why i gotta do this is where i gotta disagree because the show itself is based on willpower and doran's a big advocate for how the story is written out right like this is what makes the story great is the story and the story is all about willpower like the will to do anything that you choose to do and you have to overcome the adversities of that goal through will and it's and like don't, and don't some devil fruits have a, a will of their own yes but those devil fruits are challenged via the person so i i actually want to bring up a point i know you guys know who uh goldie air is right yeah well something air brought up this is one of his theories that the way uh logia del fruits and maybe even all del fruits were founded were actually because of willpower and so that's what his basis was uh for uh a lot of these abilities so it still follows that same train of thought that uh del fruits are in, are essentially will and when they get passed down to the generations to the next user it's all still within the idea and notion of inherited will so I mean, it could still be two. It could be two sides of the same coin, but uh, it's still another mystery that we've yet to have answered. It's just a game theory. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that YouTube, by the way. Listen, what I will say is this: anybody that's ever been highly devil fruit dependent has always fallen to other people that were hockey dependent. So we have Big Mom, right? And she didn't use her hockey during that fight most of the time she didn't use her conqueror's coding that she had against page one the same way she did to kid in law right 
Ultimately, it led to her downfall because she was not using hockey as efficiently. Then we have Ace. Ace was hockey, I mean, devil fruit dependent as well. Lost to Blackbeard because obviously it's a counter to his ability. But if he used hockey, he probably would have been in a better state. Then we have Anel. Anel is another one. Devil fruit dependent. And this is what I'm trying to say. It's like, yes, the devil fruit is a means to using or amplifying your hockey. But when it comes down to it, the most dangerous people that have been in the show have been people who haven't had devil fruits. Janks, Roger, Garp. All the people you talked about, like Ace, Big Mom, and I forget the other person, didn't lose to people who were like using hockey though. Like Luffy, I mean, Luffy didn't beat it now with hockey, and Blackbeard didn't beat Ace with hockey, and Big Mom didn't lose to Law and Kid because of their hockey. Yeah, but the point I was trying to make is like the Devil Fruits themselves, they don't get challenged. It's the person overall with the devil fruit that gets challenged. And depending on how you use your abilities determines the outcome of the fight. And if the story is based on willpower, then your will has to match that of either your devil fruit or it has to surpass your devil fruit, which is what Kaido was saying. Kaido is basically, in my interpretation, saying that only hockey through its own is going to be able to surpass these devil fruits or these devil fruit compatibilities with other people who have strong hockeys as well. Hockey is always going to be the power you have to rely on, where the devil fruit is something you can rely on. Yeah, I get I see, where, I see, I see where you're coming from. So... And it's like Kaido was the 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 foundation of you have a great devil fruit, you're amazing with it, but then your hockey surpasses your devil fruit as well. And his devil fruit only supported his main weapon, which was his hockey. That's why he went into hybrid form many times, but then he just chose to out hockey everybody, you know? It was to boost his abilities already. And it's like right, Luffy so does the I same thing. All right, to, to switch gears a bit, I do have one question, though. This is a very important question that I think we all should have an answer for. Mm. Favorite girl in One Piece? Favorite girl in One Piece? Shocky Miss, easily. Miss Monday easily, bro. Shocky and Miss Monday. Wow, these are hot takes. <laughs> hey, who is Miss Monday again? <laughs> I'm, I'm, out here, I'm out here with you know, Boa Hancock. <laughs> I gotta look her up. Yo, I actually do too. You Wait, guys... hold up. <laughs> oh, is it? Let's see. Yeah. A man of culture, I see. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty. This is a pretty cultured take. No, I'm joking. Until Zoro grabbed her head. And just... <laughs> Zoro palmed that man. Yo, the minority hunter, bro. Um, One Piece chick. Damn, this is hard. There's so many. I mean, there's only one right answer. I mean, yeah, the go, Max. What did you say? I was saying the right answer is Shocky. That's. I mean, that's one answer. That's not the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, this is so hard, bro. Um, I know Boa is like up there. I probably choose Robin. Okay, that was a good take too. Honestly, Shocky's an interesting take. I've never heard before, but I respect it. Yeah. I've always a Shocky, man. Robin's yeah, fire. Yeah, really? He's a dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Who else? Now you got me thinking of all these like past women. Oh, the girl at Impel Down that was working for Majon. I feel like you like to be dominated if you mess with her. No, oh, no, uh, no. Not that girl. There's a different one. <laughs> a, I think I'm pretty name... sure. No, go. I'm I said pretty I... sure. Oh, sorry, Max. Go, Max. I was just saying, I think her name is Domino, I want to say. Oh, it Domino. is. It is. What about you, uh, Dorth? Well, I'm, again, I'm a big BOA advocate. You know, I, I support the team. Mm hmm so like, i got but i also obviously you know like nami and robin they're up there too um who else though i i, I know i have like a list i want to be real bro to... gotta be carrot bro i'm not a furry person but like oh. i like carrot like people don't like carrot but i thought she was a fun character like carrot up there bro Oda does some sus stuff with Carrot. Like, he really almost crosses the line with, like, the furry stuff. Yeah, I know. And, by the way, Domino is a based take. I knew who... I, I had a theory, or I predicted it was this girl, but... Good take. I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> I feel... I feel, uh... If anybody ever says Kiku, they gotta rethink, right? I mean, nah, Tease their own. <laughs> Go ahead, Max. What are you going to say, bro? I said the same thing as him. <laughs> They're just staying in a safe zone. They're like, yep, we're not touching it. <laughs> Yo, raid you. Real talk, though. Yeah. I, yeah I'll there. get Poison Ivy. Feel me? Now, as like an actual, like, I think this girl's a fantastic character. Pudding's mm. definitely up there. Oh, my God, bro. She would stab you in a sleep and then kiss you after. I mean, she pretty much did that to Sanji, so, like... Yo, real talk, though, it's Alvita, and everybody knows it. Pre-time skip and post. You feel me? I don't like <laughs> anything about Alvita. <laughs> Her power is kind of broken, bro. Yo, she can slip off into the trash bin where she belongs. <laughs> no, you don't like smoothie? She could juice you, bro. Oh, uh, no, I, no, I do like smoothie. She's an Amazonian. Uh, I'm a fan of Amazonians. You know, Boa, so... The Snoo Snoo, bro. She's a, she's a Futurama reference. <laughs> the Snoo Snoo, bro. That's it. Yo, real talk, Sanji's mom, dog. I don't care what anybody says. Sick or not sick, bro? Preferably not sick, but... <laughs> he said preferably not sick. Oh, man. Yo, low-key Sudo, bro. She wifey. Sudo, you know, Sudo waited 20 years for like her mans to come back, bro. She kept it tight. It's a shame I don't like Kenamon at all. <laughs> so I don't care about that plot line. <laughs> what are you talking about? What'd you say? I thought you were talking about the Marine who worked with Garp and Sengoku. No, no, no. Sudo, uh, Kenamon's wife for sure. Yo, what's that chick's name that's back at, like, the one that everybody thinks Shanks got pregnant, where they found Luffy at? Yeah. What's her name? Oh, Makino. Makino. Yeah, you gotta give Makino, bro. Oh, I always liked Makino. She was just, like, the cool barkeep. <laughs> Somebody said Izo, though. <laughs> Maybe in a different timeline. He said in a different timeline. Oh my god, bro. My chest hurts.
Real talk though. Uh that chick with the snow fruit. I forgot her name. Oh, oh Monet. Yo, keep the bird fruit on, bro. Keep that hybrid farm, dog. That wasn't Why? a hybrid form. No, that wasn't a hybrid form. That was she got uh Caesar and Law to give her uh to change her arms and legs into a harpy. Yeah, she's wild, bro. Yeah, she was wildin'. She's she's freaky like that. Is that sugar iced tea on this list? Uh are you looking at the screen that I'm looking at? Yeah. Uh sugar on the list? Where is it? That's criminal if she's on there. I just uh, put yeah, I just picked this up. I didn't even Is that Otama? No way. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, somebody report this guy, bro. Somebody report him. That's that's actually insane. Yo, Ivankov? What y'all think, bro? Ivankov? Yeah. Another timeline? A gender fluid beauty. <laughs> I res I respect him. <laughs> Like Honestly, no, as, as like a woman, like I don't know, like that's just, just <laughs> like I'd, pro I'd probably, I'd probably like, uh, like, yeah. What about you, Max? What you think, bro? You going after it? I mean, <laughs> it is what it is, you know. You said it is what it is. Oh, I just God. sugar is in is that a tier? That's actually insane. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I don't even know how to react to that. Yo, yo, low key. Uh, Rebecca needs to be put like under either. She's like fifteen, bro. Yo, real she's, talk. She's 16, yeah. I'm gonna be real. This is probably like she's so underrated. It has to be this chick from Dress Rosa. Um, oh Viola. Yes, yo. Yeah, Viola yeah, is so bad. She's both of that. She yeah, she's top tier. Like yeah, yeah she she's is, top tier. She, yeah. I, I I think she's she's a cool character. Bro, I wanted her and Sanji to work out so bad. Yeah, I, I did. I don't know. Like Sanji, Sanji is a you know he's a he will he can lead either way. That's who Sanji is. He's just a man of culture. Yeah, he has bad luck. I feel about the Don, yo. Just y'all two on the island. Yeah, yes, the Don. The Don, she, she can. Do mountain bandit stuff. <laughs> I'll, if there's a mountain, she can do mountain bandit stuff. That's all I'll say. Oh, have you seen Dadon's early design, bro? No, I've never no, seen your early design. See, now I need to see this. I need to see bro, this. Look up Dadon's early design right now. <laughs> no way. She looks like she reminds me of Bellamere. Yeah, she can get it for sure. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I'm looking right now. Hopefully it doesn't. This is her here. Baddie, bro. She's definitely black. Yeah, she's got like. She's a baddie. How oh, she? Knows? How she end up like that, bro? She's shaped like Weevil. Holy. She looks like Bullet. No lie. <laughs> Oda's like, you know, I could go with this normie design, but honestly, like, let's let's change it up. Let's make her look way better. It's actually crazy how that early design doesn't look like Nami. Oh my god, bro. Yo, low key Bellamare, bro. Her haircut game is fucked up, but like, she got yeah, val she, she got value, bro. 
They got value, bro. Who cut her shit like that? It gotta be somebody in the Marines, right? It gotta be her who cut her who cut her stuff <laughs> like that. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Um, she was she was cutting expenses as much as he could. <laughs> oh man, no way, bro. Yo, Yerush, bro. Uh, um, Orcus the Yerush. Orcus the Yerush, yeah. yeah. I, I mess I mess with the freckles. Listen, Roger knew what he was doing, bro. Oh, low key, she might be a, a Amazonian queen, bro. Did you did you guys ever hear about that? Let me see. I actually never heard of that. So, um, the theory basically goes that uh Roger, Rayleigh, and them visited Amazon Lily before, um, because Shaki was two generations ago, right? They're saying that maybe Porcus D. Yerouge was the generation before because the old lady stated that every time a queen ends up leaving is because she's love struck. Now, Rayleigh knew of Amazon Lily, and that's why Shaki left, which means that most likely Roger came to the island. So maybe she was like the previous one or the one well, before Shaki became one. Like, you know what I'm saying? And well, she I might have to make a left. video on this tomorrow. I'll do. I'll. I put it down. I'll do some research on it. See what I can come up with. Yeah. So she ended up leaving. That's why Boa wants to leave too. So she ended up getting pregnant and basically bore, you know, the kid. And then she died. And then Shaki had to come through and become the, I guess, queen. Yeah, I saw that theory. It's definitely compelling. Like, cause she has the whole like flower theme going on too, which can tie into like the old Amazon. woman. She wears a yeah. flower in her hair. No way, bro. That's so wild. I, I I think we should give one more girl, and then we'll end the show on that. So, uh, one one last chick for the for the the masses. One we, last chick for the masses. Wow, that's has to be. Yeah, has to be a good one. Yeah, it has to be a good one. Double finger. Oh no no Perona. Ooh. Oh, she's so annoying, bro. What? Yo, Perona's so fine, but she's so I, annoying, bro. I love everything about Perona. Don't my heart, you know, like um my heart's hurting after hearing that. Bro, oh, actually, you know what? You know what? Baby five. Baby five might be annoying too though. What? Yo, just, you want a yeah. girl to obey everything you ever say all the time without no Yo, hassle? Maybe, no. Baby Five is just a great character. Like she, you know, she has such a tragic backstory, and just the person that she that she became as a result of it. I just, I just think she's a fantastic character, and she's very like sweet and kind-hearted. But, I agree. Yeah, I gotta go with the chick with the long neck from uh, Big Mom's Crew with the All big right, hat. Well, this, is, this, this is the hottest take of the day. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, she got a lot of neck, man. I could use that. <laughs> Her neck game is extraterrestrial. I see where your head's at. You know? <laughs> good one. That was good. Uh, what were you gonna say, Dorian? Oh, Bello Betty is also up there. We can we can end up with Bello yeah, Betty. Yeah, Bello Betty is yeah. a good one. Bello Betty, cultured pick right there. Yeah, <laughs> Bello Betty is a good one. Yeah. So yeah, skipping on Kiku for real though. On Kiku, uh, in a different <laughs> timeline. <laughs> Yeah, low key, do they got an early design of brulee or nah? Nah, I don't think so. Nah, she gotta stay ugly, right? Whole life. 
Yeah, she had a red nose. They only got her as a kid. They don't have like any ability designs. I was gonna say oh, another, another really good another culture take is Hina. Hina, uh, the chick yeah. from the Marines. Yeah, the the one that creates the bars and stuff, the cage. Yeah. Mm. Oh, would you act underlings if you were in her unit? Would you act the same, Doran? I'm acting would I out, act bro. The same, like um, how act towards her. <laughs> Well, it uh, depends on the circumstance, you know, like, I'm I, like up, dog. I mean, I, I probably not, but I also can't blame them for acting that way. All right. Mm -hmm. I know people didn't say this and it, she's also underrated as much as Viola. It's going to be Khalifa, bro. Uh, you know what? I was thinking about Khalifa too. Yeah. Like how people be skipping Khalifa, bro. That oh, bubble bath scene. Yeah, bro. Clean me up. Oh. <laughs> Clean me up. I'm dirty today, bro. I'm gonna rub dirt on my face when I walk in the house. Can't yes. believe we didn't bring up Katarina Devon. What a shame. Katarina Devon? Yeah. Can be whoever you want. Bro, she would like she would do some things to you and then rip your head off and wear it, bro. Yeah, she's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, she's terrifying. Oh my god, bro. Alright. So, listen, we'll end it on this, guys. Um, <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, uh, we could definitely do this again. Uh, I'm thinking about getting more people uh, into this. Uh, and I'm thinking about doing a huge roundtable, probably like something like a reverie one of these days, where like we each put our own input or we come with something to the table and we just talk. But... Um, I just want to say thank you, Doran's World. It means a lot that you even joined. Uh, and especially you too, Max. Um, I appreciate it, fellas. I know I don't go on TikTok as much and I'm not on there a lot anymore to like talk like in the live streams. But like when I do pop in, I love that you guys are still doing your thing, you know? So um, any last words from the both of you? You could tell everybody where they could find you at. Um, and also, you know, just go off the dome. So we'll start with Doran first. All right, you can find me on YouTube, TikTok, and other places I should not disclose, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Daron's World, uh, give me a sub if you want. I make pretty mid content, so I don't know how you'd want to, you know, check that stuff out. But I'm I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. All right, and then uh, how about you, Max? Uh, I'm just Xavier Wolf fan on TikTok, but like, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Like, this was pretty fun. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, did you guys have a better time doing something like this in comparison to like the TikTok lives or were they sort of the similar, just like feedback? I think this is better than TikTok lives. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, happy to hear that. And it was, it was more fun. It was way more fun. Yeah. Um, I try to do my best with these yeah. questions. So yeah, Max, you said something. I was just saying the connection's definitely better for me. Like TikTok is intermittent for some reason for me, like goes out all the time. Yeah. And uh, there's less uh, banning over here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know me, like I'm more into YouTube these days anyway. So like uh, this is much more suitable and in, uh, in for longevity anyways. Yeah. If anything, we come to your YouTube, bro, and we stream on yours and we just do our thing, you know? Give me a minute because I need to get a better computer before I, I move that way. That's what I'm holding off on. Otherwise, I'll be doing it way more. But like it's once I get a better computer, we'll definitely figure that stuff out. All right. Well, gentlemen, 
uh, everybody's saying a W stream. Listen, if you guys don't follow them already, uh, that's especially people that, you know, are listening to us on Spotify and Apple podcasts. I know there's a lot of you that listen and don't really watch. So listen, follow uh, Doran's World YouTube and TikTok. And please follow even Xavier Wolfman, uh, aka Max, on his YouTube so we could get that popping and on his TikTok because they both have great content that if you're in the One Piece community, you're going to want to follow these guys. So gentlemen, thank you so much. It was my great pleasure to host this and... I'm definitely going to hit you up so we could do something like this again one of these days. Sounds awesome. All right. Have a good night, guys. You too, man. All right. Hey, thanks for having me, bro. No, of course, Max. See you later, Brody. See you guys. Peace. Peace. <clears throat> this guy, this guy, Traverse, yeah. came through. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I just got off of work. Oh, this dude. Oh, I just had like this huge uh, podcast like stream with these two gentlemen. And we were just talking for mad long. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody doesn't know, this is what Javerse sounds like if you're in the Discord. Yeah. He be hating, bro, all the time. It's okay, though. I'm not a hater. <laughs> you're not a, a hater, bro? Man. You're not a hater, bro? Lies. I'm a lover. Oh, I'm you're a, a lover? In my life. Yo, did you hear this, this Kaido versus Akainu talk that they were saying? Or nah? Nah. Alright, before I go, because I do need to go to the gym. They were saying that Akainu beats Kaido right now. Huh? Yeah. So, how, how did they go from saying that Kaido would lose to Garp and Sengoku in the 2v1? Oh, no, no, they weren't, they weren't a part of that talk. These two guys, oh. yeah, they weren't a part of it. That's madness. Yeah, bro, I don't know. I'm glad you came through. Yeah, but everybody, this is Traverse, bro. <laughs> they're got, they're all like, yo, Traverse, and they're chilling. <laughs> oh man! All right, well, yo, first, I'm gonna head out, bro. All right, have a nice night, Larry. Yeah, you too, man. I hope work was well. Yeah. All right, Brody. Talk to you later. Uh, all right, guys. So, um, this is it for tonight. Um, I know this was a very long episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. I'm so sorry. I'm going to chop this video up. That way we can, um, have two videos of this that you can like listen to and watch as well. So I'm going to post my reaction on YouTube as usual. This, it will happen after this. And then I'm going to slice the video up and then repost our segment with Xavier Wolfan and Doran's world. Um, I just want to say thank you. Seriously. Um, Celestial donkey for donating you know twice for the subs for everybody that just showed out and like showed a lot of love today um i just want to say thank you like always i i'm hoping to have more episodes like this more podcast episodes like this um next week i have two guests that i'm inviting as well um and i'm hoping you like them um they were hard to get if not, I'm going to have to settle on the other two that I want really badly too. So we're going to see. But thank you so much for joining. Phantom Greyfire, you've been here the whole time. Three Day, thank you. Void, Peter Keenan, um, Steven, uh, Big T, um, Par. Like even Par was in here chatting it up. Dr. Rayleigh, you know, Carlos, 
you know, all of you guys, like, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you on top of more thank yous. It's really a pleasure just being able to do this. So, um, I'm gonna have more stuff like this, and I'm gonna try to make it look way more presentable. And sometimes we're not gonna get people that want to show their faces, but just being able to hear their voices and their minds is just as good. So, um, there's a lot coming forward that I'm going to start collabing because I wasn't doing this before and I needed to do it. I, I've needed to do this like a long time ago. And, you know, this is why I love Par as a friend and I love Par as an inspiration because I think about it and I'm like, damn, bro, like that dude Par is pushing a limit, right? So um, I'm going to do more collabs like this and I'm going to do it in my own way. I'm not going to do it like everybody else on YouTube, right? I want to... I want to hear people's voices that are like generally making an impact somewhere else than YouTube. I want to, I want to set them. I want to bring them to the forefront. Like I've said about, you know, our show, I want us to be the debate side that's respectful, but also interesting where it's sort of like a Joe Rogan podcast, but with like one piece. So we're going to keep going. Um, one of my main goals though, is just so I, before I go, one of my main goals is actually trying to get, uh, females, uh, to have their input and to hear some of the, uh, female audiences speak because it's very male dominant in the discord. And I really want like the female aspect of one piece. So I'm probably going to put out some, uh, I'm probably going to reach out to probably some females to see what they would want to do. That way we could get like a refresher because with guys, we always go to power scaling like immediately, but girls don't really do that. So we'll see. But anyway, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you so much, so much, so much. Please be on the lookout for our episode this Monday at 6 p.m. And I'll see you later. Other than that, 